everybody, welcome back to Endure, the athlete story. Today's episode, we have Danny Quigley back on the show. We spoke to Danny in episode 3 earlier in the year and Danny told us all about his plans to complete 10 Ironman in 10 days in memory of his father who passed away 10 years ago. So just a couple of weeks ago, Danny absolutely smashed this challenge. He completed 10 Ironman in 10 days and he flew through it at a phenomenal speed and effort and in this episode we hear all about it we hear about his preparation we hear about how he felt in the event how he got through it mentally how physically he felt the barriers the obstacles he had to overcome the logistics of it all we talk about it all and it's an amazing episode so much insight and a phenomenal challenge and most importantly Danny's raised a phenomenal amount of money. He's currently sitting at around £96,000 on his GoFundMe, which we have linked below. Um, we're trying to get it pushed over 100000 so click the link below the GoFundMe if you haven't already done so. And if you have um, a few pounds to spare, please donate it for a great cause, um, which is Pay the House, a suicide awareness charity in Ireland. And... Bogside Brandywell Health Forum, which is a mental health uh, charity, and they hope they set up services, counselling for mental health within Derry City. So, two great causes there, um, very close to Danny's heart. So, again, really good episode. Love chatting to Danny about this challenge, and I really think you're going to enjoy it. Um, again, Danny's message is still as it was before speak to someone if you need help if this episode is a gateway that you could send to someone or a way to open up to somebody that you need help please do it or send it on to someone that might need to hear it but i really hope you enjoy the show and again these shows are brought to you by ejx2 coaching i'm a triathlon coach with a background in sports science i provide lactate testing for anyone based in northwest of ireland and coaching so if you have an event coming up or if you're looking for some structure this winter in your training, please feel free to drop me a message. Um, love to get a chatty, um, see how I can help. You can contact me on email at ejx2coaching at hotmail.com or drop us a message on Facebook or Instagram at ejx2coaching and we'll get something sorted. But enjoy the show. Cheers. Danny Quigley, welcome back yes, sir. to Endure the Athlete Story. It's an honor to have you Thanks. back on. Uh, Thanks, spoke, spoke to you at the beginning of the year, and you were just starting out in your training for 10 Ironman in 10 days, which I thought was crazy. You thought was crazy. <laughs> I think everyone thought was crazy, but here we are, and it's a couple of weeks since you completed 10 Ironman in 10 days. How are you feeling? Uh, um feeling feeling a good bit better hey than what I was. Um so it's been what now you've three weeks past that you can uh, do this? No, uh, it's just coming up now. Just shave a month hey, since it's all since it's all over. And how has the recovery been? Uh, what do you feel like on the Monday after completing ten Ironman in ten days? I can't even imagine what it'll be like. 
hey, it was a relief to have it finished. But it was uh, it was weird as well. It was like I was ex- I was like expecting to just be going to the pool again. Mm. But I got a wee lion. <laughs> it was uh, it was you know what? It was just uh, the Monday was was a, a real calm down, I think. And even just trying to get to sleep on the Monday was hard work. Mm. You know, trying to trying to fall asleep. It took me sort of like two days the for me a body for my body to adjust and sort of realize here you need to catch up on a lot of sleep. Yeah. Like took two days after. And mad. Physically was the body just in butts? Like is everything sore or had that kinda happened earlier on the event and that was kinda wasn't as bad then or uh, you know what hey like whenever Whenever I finished, my body, I was supposed to sort of like try and wind down on the training. Yeah. You no, know, like they sort of make sure I don't just crash. Mm-hmm. But the next day, I just, I couldn't move. Hey? I like, I just lay in bed the whole day. And I think I didn't do, I didn't do nothing until about, I'd say a week later until I did anything. And it was just weird, hey, just doing nothing for a week. I suppose when you were in them 10 days and you were that deep on it, that deep invested in it physically and mentally, all the months and essentially years training you've put on for it, it must have felt like it's all you knew, them 10 days. So then when, as you say, in the Monday, you didn't have to go up and go to the pool and start another airman. It must have felt like, what do I do now? Uh, I, there was... Definitely a, a bit of that happening. Um, but no, whenever, like, when it, whenever that first, it took me about 10 days before I even felt in the form for, like, doing any sort of mm-hmm. anything at all. But uh, no, you know what? It was just crazy because, like, I wanted to keep moving, but my body was just, like, just in no ship, no mm-hmm. ship or no form to, to move, like. It was, yeah. it was weird. And then, like after the first ten days, I decided to go to run. We uh we shimmers, and um like only did uh only did like half an hour with him, and like my engine, my heart and lungs, my engine was was grand, but my body was just like it just didn't feel right. It felt, yeah. it just felt like serious, like. You know the way you sort of get them, them uh, like doms after like two or three days of a, like a really hard session. Yeah. It it felt like I was just running, and, and normally they go away after you warm up. Mm-hmm. It was as if I had them doms, and it just stayed with me the whole half an hour. Mm. So it was, it was, it was a weird old feeling. Like it just, I didn't like I felt good heart and lungs cardio cardiovascularly, but mm-hmm. I just felt. My body just wasn't good. Like, mm. <laughs> and what about now? Three and a half weeks on, how's the body feeling? Uh, you know what? Hey, I've I've had no interest. I haven't been on the bike. I haven't been in the water. I haven't done. I've done two runs or something, but I sort of decided whenever I finished that I'm gonna just take it easy, and I'm gonna like put the feet up and start doing like. 
few wee, few wee sort of training sessions that I like. So I went back to playing a bit of basketball there with the, like the basketball boys. Mm. And um, like, nah, just sort of doing stuff now that I really enjoy. Yeah. And you couldn't do, I suppose, in the lead up the, the, yeah. the 10-10. Wait. Uh, like too too much of a risk of injury and too much too much of a risk of uh just going over my ankle or, or, mm-hmm. or breaking a thumb or something playing yeah. basketball. But uh no, as soon as I finished, I knew I, I knew I wanted to get back and maybe bit of basketball. So I've been been I've been farting about like I haven't been doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. But I haven't been doing like I haven't been jumping around doing everything either. Like you no, know, mm-hmm. it's just sort of. Uh, Dabbling and dabbling and a wee bit of sports, you know. Good stuff. Let the body recover, and That's I think uh, the main thing why you were doing this and an important thing we touch on here is the incredible amount of money that has been raised so far um, as a result of of your efforts and the amount of support and people came out to cheer and people donated and businesses donated what does that mean to you but what does that mean to you for others for your goal of of raising the money for those charities uh well like for me that that really that really spurred me on like during the 10 and 10 like see just having everybody there coming out they like support me Mm -hmm. that even though I was so tired and I wasn't really taking it on, I was I was just like get me to my bed like every day. But whenever whenever I seen them there, it 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 made it it made it worthwhile. Like you no, know, mm-hmm. it made you think like, oh, you're not just doing it for nothing, and 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 nobody's actually like yeah taking me on like. <laughs> so like having having all them people there really really boost the awareness of the whole like the whole fundraiser and the whole challenge it really boosted so much awareness but like how that's going to help others now like is like that was only like doing it and raising all the funds which we're still doing is is like only the start of, of of everything so it's like like this this is going to this is going to help so many people now, like over the next few years, like the amount of money, it's going to stretch more than, more than a few years. Like it's, mm-hmm. there's so much money, like it's going to, it's just going to give people long-term support, not, not just short-term sort of services. Yeah. It's going to give, it's going to give long-term services for so many people. Like it's, it's crazy. Mm. And I think what you just mentioned there is just something I was thinking about as well is although the money is, the practicality side of things people need money they run services they run counseling they support the the charities but aside from the money just what you've done and people seeing you young children maybe people suffering with their mental health just the inspiration and motivation that you were given local people throughout that whole 10 days is as as important as the money, which is both really important things. Because if if I can make one person get up and say, "I'm going to do this for my mental health," look what he's done. I can at least start this, and that's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. 
and like I don't even I don't even realize like what like I I never realized that this was going on like I just thought right I'm gonna do these Ironman it's gonna I'm gonna connect with my dad it's gonna help it's gonna help uh, people raise money and organizations fund programs like I never even realized like what I was actually doing how people were responding to it like because mm-hmm. I was just and I was just in that zone of getting it done but like after I finished, like you should, like my phone, like I've got messages on my phone. Like people, like, for example, like I'll not name no names or nothing, like, but people messaged me and they were like, hey, look, uh, we we couldn't, like, we couldn't talk about the, oh, there was a relative within the family who died from suicide like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I got a message saying, like, hey, look, we were telling people like that, that our, uh, our relative died through cancer or through whatever but mm-hmm. it's only been since you did that thing that we told somebody the other day like it was it was to say they died from mm-hmm. like there was just there, there's like and that's only like one example of like how people have sort of came up came out and just opened up to me yeah just just by just by doing it like people were sort of holding back from telling people like they're talking about it and telling people like how what what happened the family members just because they felt like this shame or this stigma of actually telling people no like that they would that they would be judged and and it's it's it getting that message like that was that's enough for me like there too mm-hmm. like, you know what i mean definitely it's and mad, i think like, you've definitely crazy. busted down the door of among lots of other great people in the town and the city and the charities but you definitely with that challenge on our doorstep where people could see you every day doing the challenge you made a statement they say that all those things it's okay to talk it's okay to grieve it's okay to do all these things and get help and i just thought it was class because i had people anyone that might have knew that i had a triathlon or something just that i never would have thought they would have heard about you doing this or triathlon they're saying what about that boy danny doing that and i was like everyone's no everyone knows about <laughs> this like it's getting around and even that night the sunday night you finished down the railway station we went down and there was people there i was like how do you know about this or no not that you thought that it was only going to be a few people but just everyone there was like uh, just people you knew uh, you seen from all over like and everyone was out to support uh, you how, how did that feel dan when you had uh, your last few hundred meters to do and you had all them people and you had your family with uh, you your boys and emer oh sir hey that was crazy hey i uh i remember like running on i was we were running on from the lane from the like the end of the lane where the off and coffee place is mm-hmm. and we were running on and i could just see all these cars and all you know, like right at where sort of foy road meets bishop street mm-hmm. like right like right down like this is about a mile down and mm-hmm. i was saying Jeez, is there a match? Is there a match on the night? No, I thought there was a match on or something. Like, is there so many cars? And then uh, as I got closer, I could just see like the crowds, and I was saying, "Nah, this is crazy here." But like, the last day was 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 definitely like the fastest day, even though mm-hmm. it wasn't on paper. But I sort of I sort of held up at the about a mile out, a mile out. They they changed from my running my running gear. 
and they mm-hmm. like this USA prevention t-shirt, no, just for the photographs. Mm-hmm. And then I was saying to all the boys, like, no, is it okay if I if I hang back and get the two boys and I run on with the two boys myself and Emer? So like we we waited, we waited for like 10 minutes to get the t-shirt and 10 minutes to, like and my clock was still running like, mm-hmm. like and we were just sort of I was just saying like what's going on here boys there's so many people mm. so many people it's crazy it was brilliant <laughs> brilliant scenes to see carrying the wee boy and your other boy walking with you and Emer and just crossing the line just the support that you deserved and it's obviously a testament to what you done and what it meant to the people and what it meant to people's families and for the reasons examples you gave there that people went out of their way to get down there and show the support and it was it was it was rightly deserved and it shows what it meant to the whole city um what what is the fundraiser sitting at at the moment then so like uh, the GoFundMe is sitting at 95 grand, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Unbelievable. Absolutely crazy. And then I've got cash as well. So like I'm I'm a stone throw away. From the hundred K. Uh, it's it's uh it's so within I, reach like. I think get this episode out here. The GoFundMe link will be in the description below. If you haven't donated yet, had it few pound price of a coffee or whatever give it to dan get us over that 100k line classic and then keep it going the 200 <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, unbelievable brilliant um Thanks, stuff but i just want to talk about so last time we talked to you dan you were just starting the training you knew what was ahead of you but you hadn't got on deep and you had some of the training camps coming up and stuff and you were a bit unsure how they would go tell us how them last couple of months leading and it went i uh, they, they were uh they were a buddy a roller coaster as well because um like the first training camp i did was a real sort of confidence boost mm-hmm. it, it 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 consisted of two mat two two really long bikes on sort of there was actually four really long bikes, but in two day intervals. So I had like a hundred and I got 112 mile, 125 mile with the, with the full distance swims beforehand. So it was like 4k swim, 112 mile bike. So that would be the swim and the bike done on mm-hmm. one day. There was no running. There was, there was running, but there wasn't no running after those sessions. And mm-hmm. then the second day was like a 4k swim. And then 125 miles, so it was a wee bit of over over training. They mm-hmm. sort of just adjust on the bike, and then like the third day was a 4k swim, and then I had a run, so it was like a 12 mile run. Mm-hmm. So that we well, did that sort of twice. So on, so on like that, very very. No, I'm not 100 on that, but that it's on mm-hmm. somewhere to that. And then like all the all my training, all my training blog is all on my Instagram. It's on like it's on that story. Like I have recorded everything on that. Yeah. But um, the second training camp, then it sort of went. Things sort of got. So I was on this massive high after the first training camp, thinking this is doable, and mm. I'm going to do it kind of thing. And then the second day, or the sorry, the second camp was when things got difficult because I picked up an injury about four days before. So, I, I either like 
my, my, uh, like a minor tear on my calf or I did something to my calf um, and I couldn't run. Like I had to stop, I had to stop running. I, I was supposed to go like a long run and 13 minutes on the run, 13. <laughs> 13 minutes on, I hurt the calf and uh, unlucky 13. But Is that not your lucky number? I hurt the calf anyway. It, it, it was until that <laughs> happened. <laughs> I remember you, you and Emma Joe used to... You and Emma Joe used to fight for the number 13 for the races. <laughs> for the lucky 13. That was my uh, basketball that was number. My basketball number. Good uh, stuff. My jersey. On my jersey. Whenever I used to play a b-ball. But um, so anyway, I hurt the calf. I was supposed to do an Ironman. That, that training camp was actually supposed to do an Ironman with Ryan Williams down on Fermanagh. Mm-hmm. So... It was a change of plan. And this was about, I think it was seven or eight weeks out. Hey? So it was kind of like getting down to the, the nitty gritty stuff. Like I, I should have been ironing out things, but instead I was on a rehab program for my calf. So like it was just a massive, a massive setback. Mm-hmm. And it was so close. So anyway, like I got, I got under the, the, the second training camp. Did, did all my swim bikes. Couldn't couldn't run, so I didn't run at all. But whenever the actual calf injury happened, I couldn't do any training for five days. So there's a five-day block where I did nothing. And then there's another five days where I did just swim, bike, and no, no running. Mm-hmm. So it was like 10 weeks, and I had no running. So like, my first session back running was like on an anti-gravity treadmill mm-hmm. down in Letterkenny. And... I was just like, I'm, I'm, I have to do an Ironman in like fucking six, six or seven weeks time and I, I can't run. Mm. So like, it was just a massive downer and it was uh, just a massive setback. Hey? And at any point did you but, sit down and discuss with James or family or anything that well, maybe with this calf injury, it's do it next year or do it later or? Uh, you know what, hey, I never really thought about it too much. I didn't let it, I didn't let it um, get under my head because with, I kind of had things organized at this stage in terms yeah. of like routes, uh, where I'm going to be doing it, when it's going to happen. Things were booked off, things were covered for, like mm-hmm. work-wise. Yeah. Um, Anything just geared towards the 20th, that was it. I announced it and that was going to be it. So mm-hmm. it was like, right, well, what can I do now? They, they make it as, as I get as ready as I can be for mm-hmm. this. And that's when, like, that's when uh, Elvin gave me like a rehab program. Elvin, me, James all sat down together, like, and we were sort of knocking things around, like, what. Okay, what, what sort of runs are we going to do? And Elvin came up with like a rehab program for me, runways. Mm-hmm. So it started off with anti-gravity treadmill and stuff. And then it was like, we minute runs. So we do, like I was doing like three minute intervals or something. So I was doing like three minutes of running, three minutes of walking. And like we bolted it up over, over like six weeks. And like the most I ran then, 
before I did the, the first Ironman was 19 mile with a wee break. And then I did, I like walked a 5k then that evening. Mm. So I did like 22 mile in one, one day. And that was the most, like the most I've ever covered runways, mm-hmm. walk runways. And that was, that was on me. That was actually on my daddy's 5k. So like the jog and the bog, which yeah. I think was a week, maybe a week or two before I started. And and did that give you confidence back being able to do that 19 mile was then was there any pain in the calf at this stage or was it feeling good and strong uh, I had slowed right down I think I was running like 930s and I was feeling okay I was running like that's that that would be that would have been slow for where I was at because mm-hmm. I think I was running like between sort of 730 830 before I got the injury and then after the injury I was running like 930 tens no i was really i was really being conscious and trying to keep it easy mm-hmm. so now it was a confidence boost because i was able to cover that amount of miles and it was the most i've ever ran so yeah no it, it it's i wasn't feeling the best but i was running more than i ever had so it was a bit of both you know mm-hmm. so then that final week i'm sure was just sorting things out recovering as much as you can and uh, like the the final week was was just it just went so fast I did uh, I think I did like up until three days out I was still training I was taking over it was a, like I was on a taper like mm-hmm. but it was very 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 relaxed I was kind of I was calm but I was excited about getting started so it was like a calmness about me but at the same time, like a nervous, excited as it got closer. Mm-hmm. And then three days before was just like, right, let's make sure everything's in place kind of thing. Mm. And were you personally sorting out nutrition, clothing, all that stuff on the week beforehand? Or did you have people helping you do that? So there were so many people hey, involved. Like the team, the team I had around me was massive. Like so many people in there. But in terms of nutrition, I had a guy called Evan Lynch mm-hmm. sort sort my nutrition plan. He he uh, came up with uh, my like nutrition for the ten days, and then Johnny Heaney uh, was the guy who sort of prepared it. So he he delivered like four meals for the first four days. And then on like the fourth day, he brought me like an R4 and then he brought me an R2. So mm-hmm. it was like, he was, them two together were sort of sorting out the meals. And then like, I I just had a sort of trail it and, and trail and error. Mm-hmm. Like, like the first four days was a combination of trail and error and figuring out what worked for me because even though that all this the nutrition and stuff was working for me during training this was just completely different things mm-hmm. my body wasn't working the way it was it was so it was so mad it was crazy like how the body changed during the actual event compared to if i was just training it was madly in, in what way dan so like at the start 
like just for example, I've, I've actually written down some of the like sort of stats and stuff on how you've like how you, how me nutrition changed like. Yeah. So at at the start, like I, I was on like a, a like a nutrition plan of like it was about three and a half thousand calories. So that was like my daily intake for the ten ten. That's not including carbohydrate drinks, gels, bars. This is just sort of like my actual food. Mm-hmm. So like solid foods like my pasta, chicken, rice, breakfast, and all that. And it was like 62.9 percent carbohydrate, twenty point four percent protein, and sixteen point seven percent fat. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the the macros of the whole sort of eating plan mm-hmm. but then every hour so like during every hour i was on like a 90 grams of carbohydrate drink or gels All so right. that i just worked it out there now it's something like two and a half thousand calories on the bike plus an energy bar plus a protein bar and then it would be very similar on the run so maybe an hour two and a half thousand calories of 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 carbohydrate gel without caffeine mm-hmm. I was taking caffeine on the bike and i wasn't taking it on the run just because over time i realized that i wasn't sleeping well at the first day because right. i took caffeine too late too late and yeah. then so i cut out the caffeine for like there there on mm-hmm. but no it, it works out something like i, I took a, a, a pull back by about three or four thousand calories from day one until by day by day 10 so it was taking about three or four thousand calories less on the last day than what it was the first day now keeping it short but that yeah. was that was the main difference I, I think i was eating too much at the beginning yeah maybe not too much but too much solids that as it went on my body wasn't digesting it properly so mm-hmm. like it wasn't that it was i was i wasn't getting constipated i wasn't running through me it was just it wasn't digesting at all mm-hmm. and then like whenever i finished the day my body started digesting once i finished so it was as if like the body was switching off and doing normal bodily functions mm-hmm. in order for me to have like the strength they keep doing yeah. the actual triathlon yeah so it was it was crazy that's interesting it like a it was mad serv- survival mode almost like it's not essential to digest Aye. this food but i need legs and arms <laughs> so just put all the energy there <laughs> but um it, it's funny <laughs> that you actually went down reduced your calories but then that you would nearly think that like you were getting more tired and more depleted that you would need to up them but was that just your own obviously maybe chatting with james and evan and stuff well, but was it more your own like all oh, this i don't need as much i feel okay it was it was that difficult of a task for me to eat solid food that I, I physically couldn't I couldn't get it down me down me. Mm. Like I was eating and after about two or three spoonfuls of like solid food, like rice and chicken, mm-hmm. uh cod there, uh, rice and cod, after about three or four spoonfuls, it was getting to the stage where I was feeling full up. Mm. So it was just too it was too difficult for me to get the required sort of food in me through mm-hmm. solids. So I did up I did up my carbohydrate drinks, the substitute the, the solids, but the body just wasn't letting me yeah. let me take it in. 
So you were nearly no, I could just have forced myself. You were nearly just all mm. drinks and gels then during the actual event during the. Aye. Uh, uh, so what what actually, it, what were you taking in terms of what brand or what? Uh, I was taking Tailwind. I was actually taking a combination of like the SAS mix of like the multi dextrin and the, the fructose mix mm-hmm. and Tailwind. So I was doing like, I was switching sort of between the two, like just for different tastes. Mm-hmm. But like, and then I was taking the lemon, the lemon flavor Tailwind. That's the caffeine free one. Mm-hmm. after like two o'clock so i didn't let myself sort of take the caffeine one after two o'clock because mm-hmm. it was i was finding that i was just i, I was up rolling on my bed like for three or four hours like the first night yeah with the caffeine one yeah. um, but it was you... uh it was all learning yeah it was all learning and 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 i don't think it could be replicated through training because of just if I was doing that in training, I would be just taking too much out of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just had to adapt as you went within day to day. And I suppose that was a smart move, like not thinking that a nutrition plan or whatever is written in stone that you had to stick to it and make yourself sick or yeah. whatever. So they have uh, that confidence, I, think, I suppose. Uh, I think like, and even all, like Evan would, Evan would agree. Like, like no, if if the nutrition plan wasn't working, then you have to you have to adapt. Mm-hmm. You no, know, you have to like. It's just he was that busy during, and I and I wasn't on my phone that we couldn't get chatting. But like in the training up to, he was spot on. Like yeah, he he like he he actually improved my performance so much. And in terms of like my speed and my like recovery. And like, he, he was, he was, he he knew stuff. Like he 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 helped me out at the beginning, like too, mm-hmm. right up there, like. Good stuff, and and then were you able to eat then, like in the evenings? Did you feel appetite or like first thing in the morning? That we getting some salads or proper meals on then? So like I was, I was following it as much of as much as I could, like the, the in terms of my breakfast and waking it up and my supplements and stuff mm-hmm. but um it, it it was more during it was more like like i i, I had a like rice and chicken during and that's that's where i was finding the difficulty getting it in whenever i was in it yeah, you know, yeah. like so in between like the the bike and the run that was when i was going to have me dinner and then I would have ate again after I finished the run but it was just too it was just too much the too much energy to try and eat it and yeah and the body wasn't taking it in mm-hmm. so like but in terms of breakfast I had me I had me banana in the morning I had me my coffee I had me Weedabix or porridge oats mm-hmm. no I had all that I had pancakes like I had all the like the my breakfast was the main meal, and that was the one that I could actually stomach. Yeah. And then once I started getting heated up and, and the actual event, that's where I find it really difficult to eat solids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting, but that it worked for you and end up the just using carb drinks and gels. Yeah. And you were, uh, you obviously, like for anyone that followed 
the wee report at the end of each day, your time stuff, you started to get quicker. I think it was maybe a wee dump on day two or three that it was a store day, yeah. and then you started getting quicker and quicker and quicker. And it was like, <laughs> you obviously... Right. And, and it wasn't even anything to do with fitness. Like, it was all to do with, as I say again, like, it's all, it was all to do with learning and as I went on. Because, like, whenever I started, I was just like, uh, I was just like listening to the advice in terms of go slow, go steady, go slow, go steady. Like, that's all I was hearing was like, make sure you don't go too fast at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until day four where I sort of, like, if you can imagine this, right? Imagine after day two that you're unable to walk, right? So that's the way I was. So I was going slow and steady day one and day two. And yeah, even day three, I was going slow and steady. And I was thinking, right, I couldn't walk after day two. Day three came, went slow and steady again. It, there wasn't much difference in how I was feeling at the end. Mm -hmm. I still couldn't walk. I was still wrecked. Day four, I had an injury, but we'll talk about that anyway. But day three, I says to myself, I says, right, I can't walk. I couldn't walk yesterday. I'm going to go harder tomorrow because I already can't walk. So how's it going to get any worse? No. <laughs> How can it get worse than not being able to move anyway? So, like, it just says, right, I'm not going to go as slow. And if I go a wee bit faster, I'm not going to be able to walk anyway. So, but I'll get a wee bit of extra time on my bed. So it was like that, that, that was where the whole sort of he's getting faster came from. Mm. It wasn't the fact that I got fitter. It was just the fact that I, I just says to myself, hold on, like, I need to get this over and done with. Right. And it was like, it was more just, it was totally a mental decision to go faster for the sake of an extra hour and bed. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that I was getting, become fitter or, you know, cause like, as I says at the start, like I will, if I was racing, I would be, I would be looking for a good time. Yeah. I still wasn't anywhere near those recent times. No. So like, yeah. I knew, I knew it could get, I knew I could do it faster, but it was always a, a thinking in the back of your head. You're like, ah, but you have to do it tomorrow. Don't go too fast. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But I think the first four days, I made the mistake of going too slow. Mm. And what that did was a number of things. It created problems in my, like my mechanics, how you run, how you normally run. Yeah. And I think that made me more tired. Mm -hmm. And it also, like, it also threw off my whole rhythm, and if it, it threw off so many things, like. But I, I, I learned that I learned that if I go a wee bit faster, that that then I'll have more time on bed, and I'll have more recovery time for the next day. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what happened, like. Yeah. And like physio physiologically speaking, I know James. When he's done, took over your stories one of the days, he started setting fights where he get the get you to wear the heart rate monitor. But do you know like what effort you were at on them days? Like even when you started what? to pick it up, that you started to yeah. wear the heart rate monitor. And were you still in good, like I don't know, good aerobic zone? 
like the day, like as I say, like I wasn't, I wasn't under any pressure, heart and lungs, cardiovascularly. I wasn't under any pressure any other days. Mm-hmm. What was happening was my body was just getting a hiding. My body mm-hmm. was just breaking down. But like the days I wore the heart rate monitor, I was sitting at around 140 heart rate on the run. I didn't want to go over that on the run. Mm-hmm. On the bike, it was about 20 or 30 beats left. So I wasn't actually yeah, you I wasn't pushing actually hard. under any stress. I wasn't I wasn't pushing hard, but my body was just breaking down. Mm-hmm. So like I stopped wearing the heart rate monitor because the heart rate monitor was actually was actually scourging me. Mm. So like I mean like it was it was nearly bleeding where the heart rate monitor strap was. But uh I had to take it off because and this was the heart rate monitor was covered in Vaseline like mm. and it was still like scourging the shit out of me. Hey? So I had to take it off. Hey? Yeah. And <laughs> it's mad. So so you were like you were like your fitness had just carried you that much that you weren't pushing hard because some of the speeds or some of the times you you seen on Strava and that's like there's a wonder damn pushing on too hard here or whatever. But obviously yeah. judging by your heart rates and your perceived effort, you were just comfortable but yeah. going going well. Uh, and don't get me wrong as well, like no, I had a good grip on the bike. Yeah. Like as the days went on on the bikes, there was more people coming out. So like I was doing less work. And, and going faster as well just by the simple fact that I was getting a draft mm-hmm. I was I was saving energy wherever I could yeah and as much energy as I could so like mm-hmm. it was it was it was just a, like in terms of like saving energy any opportunity that I had to save energy I was saving it like mm-hmm. and as long as I was covering the distance that was my goal and if I can save energy by sitting in a group of of like I always try to stay around three or four back, so I was getting the, the most benefit of a of a group. Yeah. But uh no, the 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 bigger groups on the bike really helped me out there. Mm-hmm. And even from Definitely. a mental perspective, just chatting to people and hearing people chat around you, did that help just carry uh, up and down that road? Ah, uh, you know what, hey? I was that tired, Emmett, that like see chatting to people. Uh, it was just it was it was like it was like a maths equation. See if somebody like asked me a question. It was like, right, I got asked a question. What uh, uh, trying to figure out what they had actually asked me was like trying to work out maths. I, <laughs> I was, I'm telling you, hey, it was so. It wasn't that. It, it easy questions were like math maths equations. It was so mm. hard to try and figure out, and my brain just. As, as as like the digestive system wasn't working yeah my, my brain functions my cognitive brain functions wasn't working either it was crazy sir it's crazy and i i don't know have you been up and down that road again since do you think you'll ever be up and down <laughs> that road again at <laughs> driving <laughs> i haven't been up and on a bike yet <laughs> i'd say uh you'll probably avoid it for a training span for a while anyway <laughs> the only thing is it was flat right yeah enough. so yeah that was that was a good help as well yeah and you touched on there dan tell us about when you got the day four and you suffered a injury what, what was that like i uh, like this is about the, the whole thing's like it's just a big explosion in my brain like when i talk about it there's so much things happen 
-hmm. But like on day four, every, like beforehand, I, I might have been telling you before, but like advice I had been given was watch out, day four is going to be mad. Mm -hmm. That's when everything sort of hits you, all them doms hit you and, and things get difficult. But like on day four, I was actually going well on day four mm -hmm. up until mile 21. And then on mile 21, like see if you had to took me in the bookies on mile 21 and you had said, right, is your leg broke? I'd have, I'd have bet my house on my leg being broke. Like, I would have bet my house on it as well. It's definitely a, a, a fracture. It's definitely fractured or something. There's something wrong with my shin. Like mm -hmm. my, my left shin. And it was like the, the, the worst pain. I thought I broke my leg, put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, I, ran, I ran through sort of two mile with this just crazy, crazy pain on my left shin. And then it got to the stage in where I just couldn't run anymore. So like I had to walk the last three mile. Mm -hmm. And it took me an hour and a half. They do, they do 5K like, you know that? It wasn't even a walk. It was like a hobble. It was mm -hmm. like I was hobbling about like, and uh, like anybody that was out with me that night, like, well, they'll tell you like, they probably thought the same. They probably thought it was, it was broke like, but that, that was a bad, a bad sort of two, last two hours, last two hours on, on that day, on day four was the day that I thought this is it here. Like this is over. Mm -hmm. There's no way, there's no way am I doing this tomorrow? Like, uh, this is it. Like, and you wake up the next morning and you go straight to the pool and do it again. What was it? <laughs> what was it like then? It, it, so I went to I went to Jolene that yeah. that evening, and Jolene uh, spent about an hour and a half with me. I, I didn't get out of Jolene's until like twenty day one, mm -hmm. and that night, and. Um, I just remember saying, oh, I'm going to be tired tomorrow. I'm going to be tired tomorrow. And I'm going to have to do this. And my ankle. And like, I was just thinking so negatively. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, but I was on my Jolene for about an hour and a half. And she did about an ultrasound on me. She strapped me up. Um, and she just sent me on my way. And she says, you'll be grand. You'll mm. be grand. That's what she kept saying. And I was like, oh, Jolene, no, I'm not going to be grand. <laughs> I'm fucked. I'm fucked here. I, I was just saying to Jolene, ah, that's me. That's me done. I'm, this is so bad I'm done and uh but anyway I got home anyway and I, I was just the only thing I was thinking about was the run and how bad I was going to be the whole next day on the, the swim and the bike but I got up anyway I went under the pool started swimming had a good swim that day that day I was consciously thinking I need to make up a lot of time because if I'm going to try and do it the marathon's going to take me about eight hours yeah. that's what I had sort of worked out if I could hobble around, it would take me about eight hours. So it says, right, I'm going to really push the swim. I'm going to really push the bike. And then I've made up a wee bit of time and I'll get out and run as soon as I can. Mm -hmm. So like I did the swim, I did the, the bike and I came off and I says, I'm not going to do no fuzzy. I'm going to go straight on, get my shoes on and treat it like a transition on an actual triathlon race. Mm -hmm. So like that was the fastest, that was my fastest transition time and the whole over the whole 10 days ideally i was aiming for about 20 to 30 minutes transition time on this from the swim to the bike mm -hmm. and then i was aiming for about 20 to 40 minutes transition time between the bike and the run mm -hmm. just because i had to get my feet changed over and get my blisters locked at and get me me whatever else sort of sorted out yeah but that day i think i i, I only spent about 10 minutes 
changing from my bike gear to my run gear and I was away straight away and as soon as I started running I was like you know what this doesn't feel too bad it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel too bad if I could even get the 16 mile with no pain means then I could just walk 10 miles and I'm going to come in in good time Mm -hmm. and hey I don't know I got I got through it it was a great day five was like the best just best that day. agony and that pain from day four wasn't there or wasn't yeah. bad anyway on day five i was just i was tired i was sore but yeah. it wasn't excruciating it wasn't like i need to walk i need to walk i could run mm-hmm. and that and that was the difference it's the walking the walking killed you yeah and did that just boost your positivity and get your mindset back on the track that i can do this yeah yeah. definitely that that's exactly how i feel i think it's um what you were saying there like when you were in agony day f- day four that night and you were getting a rub out and you were saying you couldn't do it but uh, your team around you are saying you can do it i think that's uh, what jolene. you need because well jolene like when she's saying that because obviously she doesn't know she probably wants to deep down say i don't it's probably best you don't do it because I don't want the, your leg to break, but I was listening to, um, I'm not sure if you heard of Jesse Etzler. He's like, um, he's like a big businessman in America and stuff, but he does ultra events and stuff. And he was talking, right. he was doing this like hundred mile trail race thing. And I think it's like laps. It was like an elimination. So you do like a lap and there starts, you do a lap every hour until last yeah. man standing. And he, he told his team, that. he told his team before, like, just no matter what positivity don't give me any negativity and every time i come in when i want to stop just get me going again no no negativity so that was grand says they're like 80 mile on this recent middle of night pitch dark and he came in sat down gets changed over and he was saying i can't see them as like his friend that was helping him was like what do you mean he's like i literally cannot see my eyes are just black can't see anything i says ah don't worry that always happens when you're trail runners <laughs> at night, he's like, Oh, does it? He's like, I just follow the boy in front of you, just stay close to him. He's like, Grand, so he does it whenever, completes it. And the next day, get, well, he's like, What? Well, how's your eyes? And he's like, Ah, oh, they're fine. Why? He's like, Ah, oh, you really scared me when you said that that you couldn't, couldn't see. see. And he says, uh, Oh, but you says that happens all the time. He's like, oh, I just made that up to keep you <laughs> So I think you need that good, of hey? madness, that but up. Team and same with Jolene. Like obviously she probably doesn't doesn't know how you're feeling, but she just said, "Ah, you can do it." And uh, it's, uh. it is. I'm sure you know more than anyone now that it's pure mindset. Like it's pure. Uh. Like obviously, obviously by any normal means, like you would tell you to stop. If any doctor probably checked you, yeah. like they would say stop. But it's yeah. the body should have stopped, but the mind keeps going. You're a hundred percent right. Okay, that that was definitely the case. Like it was so bad, like so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And because, but then you were just so strong. Because one of the, the the Sunday night that last day, I ran a wee bit with you for half an hour or so, and you, the headphones in, you just looked focused. But you didn't look like a man that was in his tenth Ironman in ten days. You were strong in the feet. No, you weren't weak looking. You looked strong, yeah. and we were going at a good enough pace like i Actually. i had done the aquathon championships that morning i was ah. like i'll go out for 
down, we down this, this hey. evening for a recovery run, and I was like, this is a bit too fast for me for a recovery <laughs> run. Hey, I didn't even know who was there, Emma. Uh, I didn't even know who was there. Yeah, I was on. I was just. I was on a. I, I do remember you being there, but like I was, I mm-hmm. was zoned out, man. Nah. I was proper. That's like, what I'm saying. You looked so focused, and you just hit the music, and you're probably a bit delirious and stuff too. But. I, your body looked strong you looked strong your feet you were running at a good pace and just the team you had with you for the majority of it was just good like they were just no hand you water bottles and your electrolytes your carbs every every so often like and um then that night it was just incredible to see you come over the line classy Classy. but it was it was crazy the whole thing was just was just a massive sort of blur to me because like i knew i knew what was happening around me but it didn't actually my brain was switching off they actually how it felt in order to sort of make sure that i I kept doing it so it was like i was there but the mechanics the muscle memory was taking over like there was times where i could i could nearly have just ran falling asleep Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like my eyes were going together and I was falling asleep whilst I was running. Mm. But my technique just felt really smooth and really like like my technique felt really good, but my mind and my tiredness was just taking over. So mm-hmm. like if I had to lay down on the middle of the floor, like on the ground, I'd have fell asleep like no question about it like <laughs> if i had a try to fall asleep i've fallen asleep in like two minutes in the middle of the road like <laughs> that's crazy and how often then did you have to think about your daddy and calling him for help and support to get through it uh you know what he i think he was i think he just he was there all the time and uh, and it was a case of that as i was doing it he was there it wasn't even a case of like having the like say right man let's go now he, mm-hmm. i just i just had this sense that he was just there all the time and he was just like it, it was just that it was it was class it was it was Brilliant. a class experience like there was a there was a time in the pool that it felt like he had took over and i wasn't even i don't know even know what day it was and it was only for a split second like mm-hmm. it was maybe 10 or 12 seconds but it felt to me as if I was looking down on myself. So mm. it was like, it was like a, like a boom. I was looking down on me and I was just swimming along and it was me dad who was taking over. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was, that was actually a wee bit freaky, <laughs> but, but <laughs> well, that's, nice. that's how it felt. Yeah. Uh, it was nice. It was a nice, a nice sensation. Thing. And it was, um, no, it, 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 it kind of, it kind of like was just like a flash. No, it was mm. it was crazy. Brilliant, and I'm, I'm sure he's beyond proudy, and yeah. like his memory yeah. lives on even more through through what you've done now and his yeah. legacy. And the same as what we talked in the last show about of him getting people on the sport and helping people along the way. I'd, I reckon what you've done is going to do the same and inspire young yeah. people, inspire older people just it starts on you and the likes of myself someone already involved in it and recent stuff it's like it's a fresh inspiration to see you do that it's like oh what could i do to help and stuff like that too so it's 
I think right. all around the whole community in Derry and even Ireland and beyond, you've just boosted people's spirits, give people inspiration and motivation. So thanks. Thanks for Jeez, that. Thank you. Hey. Thank you, and, sir. Uh, That's unreal. I know you're um you're tight for time, so we'll wrap it up there again. Great to hear from you, Dan. And uh thank you, yeah, for anyone listening, we'll have the GoFundMe link in the description below you can check it out and if you have a few pound um they donate they greatly appreciate it nearly at a thousand or hundred thousand uh <laughs> pounds so it's unbelievable and Mad, think I like, you know? it is and you can check out episode three i'm nearly sure um with our first interview with dan as well where we talk about the challenge at the start and uh is that a calm's legacy and the reason behind it and all that so there's a bit of crack at episode two so always a pleasure to chat to you dan emma it's a pleasure my pleasure hey i, I enjoy it hey honor to have you on and uh just me. before you go one question you put up recently in your instagram you're looking forward to getting back racing where are we going to see you racing back yeah. in the short back in the short distance <laughs> i or... think i'm going to have to do both hey I would I think say the longer stuff for myself. I uh, I would say though the training you done and the experience you have doing 10, 10 days, I think you'd feel pretty confident going and give a one Ironman a good crack and a good race. Uh, I'm sure you go think well. So, I think I'm going to have to. Mm. <laughs> It'll be good see to see. So do. keep your eyes peeled for Dan on the start line, and hopefully it's not yes. near me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I can't wait, sir. I can't wait. Cheers, Dan. Hey, pleasure. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Dan. So, show's over. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Really hope you enjoyed that episode with Danny and hearing all about the 10 and 10 challenge. A phenomenal achievement. And again, the fundraiser, the link for the GoFundMe is below. Please, 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 if you can, spare a few pounds and donate. And the money's going to be much needed. Um, suicide awareness and mental health charities locally so please if you can do that that'd be amazing um, if you enjoyed the show please share it on please give us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on that'll mean a lot and helps other people find the show and share it on with friends and give us some feedback let us know what you think um, so until next time see ya